Welcome to the New Chemist Podcast. Bienvenidos al podcast del Nuevo Químico. Carlos Irza, testo podcast to New Chemist. Welcome by the podcast van the New Chemist. Bienvenue sur le podcast du Nouveau Chimiste. Bem-vindo ao podcast do Novo Químico. Welcome to the New Chemist Podcast. Work hard. Be value-driven. You can do it. You can grow and learn it. You can be the difference you and your community needs. Don't give up. We are here rooting and cheering for you. Don't give up. Travaillez dur. Soyez axé sur la valeur. Tu peux le faire. Vous pouvez grandir et l'apprendre. Vous pouvez être la différence dont vous et votre communauté avez besoin. N'abandonnez pas. Nous sommes ici pour vous encourager et vous encourager. N'abandonnez pas. Trabalhar duro. Seja orientado por valores. Você consegue. Você pode crescer e aprender. Você pode ser a diferença que você e sua comunidade precisam. Não desista. Estamos aqui torcendo e torcendo por você. Não desista. Duepsesclirá. Na ovigita estinaxia. Boris natocanis. Μπορείτε να μεγαλώσετε και να το μάθετε. Μπορείτε να είστε η διαφορά που χρειάζεστε εσείς και η κοινότητά σας. Μην τα παρατάς. Είμαστε εδώ για να σας ζητοκραυγάσουμε. Μην τα παρατάς. Τραβάχα δούρο. Σέα impulsado por el valor. Puedes hacerlo. Puedes crecer y aprenderlo. Usted puede ser la diferencia que usted y su comunidad necesitan. No te rindas, estamos aquí animándote y animándote. No te rindas. Berkhart. Wees waardig gedreven. Je kunt het. Je kunt groeien en leren. U kunt het verschil zijn dat u en uw gemeenschap nodig hebben. Geef niet op. We zijn hier om voor je te roten en te juichen. Geef niet op.
Work hard. Be value driven. You can do it. You can grow and learn it. You can be the difference you and your community needs. Don't give up. We are here rooting and cheering for you. Don't give up. Thanks for listening. We're glad you were able to tune into this podcast. Once again, this is the new chemist where we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as the other sciences, careers, community, research, and COVID-19. Thanks again for listening. Note, the views on this podcast represent those of my guests and I. You are very important, especially to us here at the New Chemist Podcasting Group. You listening in is significant. Vous êtes très important, surtout pour nous ici au New Chemist Podcasting Group. Votre écoute est significative. Usted es muy importante, especialmente para nosotros aquí en The Nuche Mist Podcasting Group. Usted escuchando, es significativo. Você é muito importante, especialmente para nós do The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Você ouvindo, é significativo. Είστε πολύ σημαντικοί, ειδικά για εμάς εδώ στο The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Το να ακούς είναι σημαντικό. Sie sind sehr wichtig, besonders für uns hier bei The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Es ist wichtig, dass du zuhörst. Je bent erg belangrijk, vooral voor ons hier bij The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Dat je meeluistert, is veel betekenend. You are very important. Especially to us here at The New Chemist Podcasting Group. You listening in is significant. Okay, 
So welcome to the New Chemist Podcast. We're so glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and a variety of other platforms. Here on the New Chemist Podcast, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is a science of change. as well as careers, community research, and Nobel Prize lectures in chemistry, and we analyze their careers as well. For this upcoming, for these upcoming seasons of episodes, we're going to have guests, and we're also going to be discussing nanomedicine and the value of chemistry in those uh, nanomedicine ventures and research projects. For the next two seasons of episodes, seasons 20 and 21, here with the New Chemist Podcasting Group on the New Chemist Podcast, along with guest interviews, we will be discussing and condensing papers centered on nanomedicine, a discipline or branch of nanotechnology involving the creation and design of highly specific medical interventions that address specific disease pathologies, and the role of chemistry in providing interdisciplinary insights. So interdisciplinary is referring to analyzing, synthesizing and harmonizing disciplines and providing cohesive insights. This is due to the initiatives of the group and the significance of this topic in STEM at this time. So, key themes we want to talk about. Variability and specificity. Biodistribution. Biodistribution is a method of tracking where compounds of interest travel in an experimental organism. Bioavailability. Abortion of a drug or other substances which enter circulation when introduced into the body and so is able to have an active effect. Bioactivation. The formation of harmful or highly reactive metabolic products from relatively inert or non-toxic chemical compounds. That's called bioactivation to biocompatibility, the ability of a device material to perform with an appropriate host response in a specific situation. So as far as Google search and journal articles, this specific definition of biocompatibility is coming from the FDA's biocompatibility guidance. Um, protocell or protobiont is a self-organized endogenously ordered spherical collection of lipids proposed as a stepping stone in life's development. Uh, pharmacokinetics involves the effects of the body on the drug. We have ADME, absorption, distribution, metabolism, and excretion. Pharmacodynamics, the effect of the drug on the body. We're looking at the biochemical and physiological effects of the drug. The design, we're looking at structure, selectivity. We're looking at function groups, and in this case, outcome as well. And we also, for specificity, we're looking at mechanistically or intrinsically favored. So some concluding questions you want to just mention, and then we'll talk about them again. As we conclude, what if we could tailor the medical applications of lipid nanoparticles to facilitate autocatalysis? Can medically significant autocatalysis be efficient in confined lipid constructs? Three, with the understanding that endocytosis is favored when parts of cell membranes or components of cell membranes are used, could specific phospholipids be used to tailor the specificity of the desired drug target in the lipid nanoparticle? 
to diaproto cells and their potential applications medically, what are they? So we'll be looking at this particular paper that I found that's really is written by Dr. Mitchell, Dr. Michael J. Weschler, Dr. Nicholas A. Peppers, and Dr. Robert Langer. So this to- paper's topic or the paper's title is Engineering Precision Nanoparticles for Drug Delivery. So we'll just mention some key points from it. Um, I'm going to go through molecular transport to specific organelles and other approaches. So just to give you some history, the US insulated cargos promote transport across membranes and prolong circulation times to increase safety and efficacy. Moving right along, many early, early nanoparticle iterations were unable to overcome these biological barriers to delivery, but more recent nanoparticle designs have utilized advancements in controlled synthesis strategies to incorporate complex architectures, bioresponsive moieties, and targeting agents to enhance delivery. So let's keep going. So some terms you want to keep in mind as we read through this paper and mention the key points. The reticular endothelial system, a system of specialized cells that clear foreign bodies from blood circulation. On one of these upcoming seasons, we'll discuss the immune system and its elegance and significance of efficacy in helping to protect the body when the body is healthy and protecting the body when it's uh, protected body from disease and pathogens and bacteria and so on. So pegylated PEGY glycol polymer chains attach typically to molecules on macrostructures. So to just give you a quick um, insight into some of these big players who wrote this review, people are coming from UPenn. Um, they're coming from UT Austin, coming from MIT, of course. Uh, they're coming, and they they're in departments such as molecular pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals, pharmaceutics and drug delivery, pediatrics, chemical engineering, BMed, biomedical engineering, cardiovascular institutes, immunological institutes. Uh, they're very well established people in their field. So continue on NP classes. Um, we'll try and segment our discussions in a way to really focus deep in lipid-based NPs, so lipid-based nanoparticles, and they include various subset structures, and we're referencing the article again, but are most typically spherical platforms comprising at least one lipid bilayer surrounding at least one internal aqueous compartment. So some things we want to keep in mind, you have intracellular delivery, which involves cytosol, nucleus, the endosome, you have navigating the tumor microenvironment, one key player in that is the blood vessels, you have targeting immune cells, blood flow is a key player in that, and crossing epithelial barriers. We also talk about, we also uh, want to talk about the fact that you could have genome editing, and our particle delivers CRISPR component, so clustered regularly into space, short palindromic repeats, CRISPR components in the nucleus, of stratifying patients based on biomarkers and genetic information, the antibody targeted nanoparticle reaches cancer cells with complementary receptor. You have determining pharmacokinetics altered by disease states. The blood vessel is a key player in that. You have the tumor being a key player in that. The nanoparticle based imaging reveals the level of EPR in a blood tumor. We'll discuss each. So moving right along, we get to EPR. 
in a minute. You also have creating autologous cell therapies with T cells, CAR T cells, so NP generates CAR T cells for cancer immunotherapy. You have the mucus penetrating NP is aid in delivery to lung epithelial and cystic fibrosis. You also have modulating the immune system in response with NPs delivering mRNA vaccines. So we saw that elegantly displayed with or amidst the challenging COVID-19 pandemic with, a, with the vaccines that used lipid NPs as a construct or NPs to deliver mRNA vaccines. Mm. We also, we, let's continue on. So polymeric NPs are synthesized using various techniques such as emulsification. So this is how they synthesize nanoparticles. And when we're talking about nanoparticles within contexts that are relevant that involve chemistry, chemistry concepts. So polymeric NPs are synthesized using various techniques such as emulsification, so solvent displacement or diffusion. They also involve nanoprecipitation, ionic gelation, microfluidics, which all result in different final products. So the most common forms of polymeric NPs are nanocapsules. Cavities are surrounded by a polymeric membrane or shell and nanospheres, so solid matrix systems. They are comparable to liposomes and are often locally responsive but are reported to have improved stability is very important in cargo retention efficiency, making them effective vehicles for the delivery of therapeutics to the cytosol. Let me read that again. They are, they are comparable to liposomes. Liposomes. So when we're talking about RME, receptor media endocytosis, when we're talking about endocytosis, anyway, they are comparable to liposomes and are, are often not receptor media endocytosis, correction. We're talking about CME, and we'll discuss CME in a minute. In a sense, receptor mediated endocytosis. But really, really talking about what was discussed in this article was other types of endocytosis. So they are comparable to liposomes and are often locally responsive, but are reported to have improved stability and cargo retention efficiency, making them effective vehicles for the delivery of therapeutics to the cytosol. So just a quick correction. We're talking about endocytosis. We're talking about it within the context of these main players. So we're talking about endocytosis within the context of these main players. Those players involve here we go those players involve to be talking about caviolin mediated endocytosis Catherine mediated endocytosis and yes there are some RME receptor mediated endocytosis independent endocytosis Pinocytosis. So the main thing I wanted to stand out there, stand out or main point I wanted to make was what we really want to talk about is eventually is caviolin mediated endocytosis, catherine mediated endocytosis, yes, independent endocytosis, so army, and then pinocytosis. Okay. 
So moving right along. Okay, so let me read that again. They are comparable to liposomes and often locally responsive, but are reported to have improved stability and cargo retention efficiency, making them effective vehicles. So effective vehicles for the delivery of therapeutics to the cytosol. So the different types of polymers, you have your polymerosome, so you have your polymeric nanoparticles, your inorganic nanoparticles, and your lipid-based nanoparticles. So polymeric, you have precise control of particle characteristics, payload flexibility for hydrophilic and hydrophobic cargo, easy surface modification, and possibility for aggregation and toxicity. So you have your polymerosome, your dendromer, your polymer micellar nanosphere. So inorganic nanoparticles, so inorganic NPs, you have unique electrical, magnetic, and optical properties. You can really tune these. Variability in size, structure, and geometry, well suited for therapeutic and diagnostic applications and toxicity and solubility limitations. So that's one thing we want to make sure we remember. There's some toxicity and solubility limitations. So lipid-based nanoparticles. Lots of potential, you also have to keep in mind the possibilities for, so with polymeric, you have the possibility for aggregation and toxicity, and that's going to play a role in biocompatibility in terms of it not being as compatible if it's not effectively designed. So inorganic, toxicity and solubility limitations, and lipid-based, you have low encapsulation efficiency. However, with lipid-based, there are some pros. You have formulation, simplicity with a range of physiochemical properties, high bioavailability, payload flexibility, and low encapsulation efficiency. So, some things you want to keep in mind. So, in organic, you have your silicon nanoparticles, quantum dot, your iron oxide MPs, and your gold MPs. So, iron oxide nanoparticle and gold nanoparticle. For lipid base, you have your liposome, you have your lipid nanoparticle, and you have your emulsion. So dendrimers are hyperbranch polymers with complex three-dimensional architectures for which the mass, size, shape, and surface chemistry can be highly controlled. Dendrimers can hold many types of cargo that are most commonly investigated for the delivery of nucleic acids and small molecules. For these applications, charged polymers such as polyethyl-N-amine, PEI, and poly amino amine, P-A-M-A-M, PAM-AM, are commonly used. So also you have uh, inorganic materials such as gold, iron and silica have been used to synthesize non-structured materials, various drug delivery and imaging applications. So companies that have been big players, you have Janssen, you have Galen, you have Gilead, Bosch and Loam, Architect Biopharma, Epson, Jazz Pharmaceuticals, you have Teva, Merck, Toma, Amstelian, UCB, Biogen, Takeda, Allergen, American Regent, Sanofi, American Regent, AMAG, American Regent, and some of the things they have done, or things that they have been involved in, are lipid base, polymer base, inorganic. So, big players in lipid base have been Johnson, Glean, Gilead, Bosch, Nome, Architect Park Pharma, Ipsen, Class Pharmaceuticals, and Ali Nilam Pharmaceuticals. That's been from 1995 to 2018. Um, we can also talk about uh, other companies like Moderna, Pfizer, all those are good companies. Um, however, let's keep going. Um, you have development of nanobiomaterials. Precision medicine is a highly
Okay, so the development of nanobiomaterials for precision medicine is a highly customizable process. This careful design approach enables adjustment of the therapeutics, pharmacokinetics, so that's the effect of the body and the drug. Um, we're talking about absorption, distribution, metabolism, and excretion to match requirements for solubility, administration, or biodistribution, which is a term we defined at the top of this episode and has seen success in research settings. The biological barriers. Even under normal physiological conditions, and we're still quoting from the article, effective biodistribution and drug delivery are difficult to achieve as nanoparticles face both physical and biological barriers, including shear forces, protein adsorption, and rapid clearance that limit the fraction of administered NPs to nanoparticles that reach the target therapeutic site. So the component system, we're talking about the immunology group of distinct plasma proteins that induce inflammation and aid in the clearance of foreign bodies or damaged cells by enhancing antibody and phagocytic cell activity. So some more key points we want to point out. Circulation, stability and clearance. While in circulation, factors such as excretion, blood flow, coronas, and phagocytic cells can reduce nanoparticle stability and delivery. So you have different types of NPs investigated for precision medicine as a therapeutic or diagnostic device. So LNPs, epinanoparticles, you have mRNA, superaminotherapies, small molecule photothermal agents for breast cancer, mRNA for retinal disorders, melanoma, human papillomavirus, C7 anemic disorders, and acute lymphoblastic leukemia, dinucleotide for lung metastasis of melanoma and breast cancer. This article was published uh, in 2021. Um, So yeah, so it's relatively recent. Responsivity and charge mRNA protein, diseases of the lung and spleen, surface modification, SI, shortened to figuring short intervening RNA, pulmonary diseases, those are diseases being used or applied to test or to investigate, they're being investigated with, these are diseases they're being investigated with, um, different types of DNA, different types of RNA, so lots of different things. Lipinoparticles, those are the main things we want to talk about or we want to really dive deep into for these segments of episodes. Of course, we can discuss everything that we discuss um, a lot, the things associated with nanoparticles. So, surface modifications and cloaking techniques allow nanoparticles to avoid the recognition and clearance systems that may lead to rapid nanoparticle degradation and instability. There are also Numerous nanoparticle design strategies that specifically focus on improving stability. So, some terms we want to define before we move forward: extravasation. Extravasation: the movement of leakage of something, so cells, blood, nanoparticles, and so on, from a blood vessel into the tissue around it. Aspect ratios: numerical comparisons of a nanoparticle's height and width. The blood-brain barrier, a biological filter made of endothelial cells that restricts the movement of substances from the body to the brain. Mononuclear phagocytic system. Mononuclear phagocytic system. 
phagocytic cell population of the immune system. So in the bloodstream, NPs experience nanoparticles, experience varying flow rates. So flow rates can induce shear stress and may damage the platelets or their cargo and prevent extravasation of the movement or leakage of something from a blood vessel into the tissue around it. The clearance of NPs from the circulation can be influenced by their physico-chemical properties, but often results from interactions with the mononuclear phagocytic system or reticuloendothelial system, which we defined earlier on. Furthermore, uptake by phagocytic cells has been related to nanoparticle curvature and aspect ratio. So triangular and rod shape NPs show more uptake. So triangular and rod shape NPs show more uptake than star shape or spherical NPs. Key point to note, shape or morphology. Shape has a role in uptake. Shape has a role in uptake. So we're talking about variability and specificity. Shape, variability in shape has or the variance in shape, the difference in shape, specific types of shapes have an influence or have an effect or play a role. Shape plays a role in uptake. So then star shape or spherical NPs and rod shape NPs induce more inflammation in macrophages. So rod shape NPs induce more inflammation in macrophages. So things we want to talk about, keep we're gonna keep this conversation going. So extravasation, the movement or leakage of something from a blood vessel into the tissue around it is the first step for a nanoparticle in circulation to reach the target tissue. So very important point to note. Extravasation is the first step for a nanoparticle in circulation to reach the target tissue. Extravasation can be altered by nanoparticle characteristics including size. For example, small nanoparticles generally cross capillary walls more easily than large nanoparticles. So size plays a role. And then we also want to talk about first pass metabolism very, very briefly. Metabolism of, drug, of a drug within the liver and enterocytes, the liver cells, before the drug reaches the systemic circulation. Correction, non-terocytes, intestinal cells, hepatocytes, liver cells. So, um, another method for bypassing extravasation has been increasingly explored for NP delivery is pulmonary administration, specifically NP inhalation. This route avoids exposure to the systemic circulation prior to lung delivery, thus avoiding hepatic first pass metabolism. So, within the liver, you have hepatocytes in the small intestine. You have in the intestine, you have enterocytes. So both are playing a role, hepatocytes and enterocytes. Um, so avoiding hepatic first pass metabolism and increasing the delivery of dendroma-based nanoparticles to the lung and lymph node as compared with intravenous delivery. However, despite their improved delivery to lung tissue, inhaled nanoparticles face the unique obstacles of mucus and pulmonary surfactant. Very important thing to note, which act as physical barriers to lung delivery and can vary greatly across patients and pathologies, which makes a lot of sense. So we have variability and specificity, that theme being at play here again. 
So furthermore, a recent comparison of three widely used routes of pulmonary administration in mouse models, intratracheal installation, intratracheal spraying, and intranasal installation revealed different rates of polymeric NP deposition in the lungs and heterogeneous distributions overall, suggesting the need for validated and consistent delivery methods when assessing pulmonary administration routes for NPs. So that's a mouthful, but the thing you want to take away from that is there is some increases in expiration for NP delivery via pulmonary administration. However, with that, you also have the fact that there are some obstacles with mucus and pulmonary surfactant, which act as physical barriers to lung delivery. It can vary greatly across patients and pathologies. So although oral delivery is the most widely used, so you have increased expiration within a pulmonary administration, but oral delivery is the most widely used and readily accepted form of drug administration, uh, then gastrointestinal tract presents numerous barriers for NPs, for NPs that rely on passive diffusion, crossing the endothelial is restricted by concentration gradients, and P glycoproteins excrete drugs from the vasculature into the intestinal lumen. So microenvironmental barriers, once at the target site, NPs must navigate the local microenvironment. Very important point to note. Here, obstacles may include changes in chemical conditions or physical barriers to penetration. Thus, to successfully engineer NPs, nanoparticles, that reach the desired tissues or cells, a fundamental understanding of the microenvironment they will encounter is critical. So microenvironment variability. So here we have the theme at play again. Microenvironments often feature conditions that are substantially different from those in the circulation, which can greatly alter the physical properties and stability of nanoparticles. So remember we have uptake and internalization. One big idea we took away from this is shape as a role in uptake. You also have cellular heterogeneity. Um, so these are we talking about uh, cellular and intracellular barriers. So in addition to this general cellular barriers described above, cells form heterogeneous populations, both within a patient and across the patient population. So you have heterogeneity. Then you have also want to talk about uh, briefly. We talk about the work that they discussed as they conclude the paper. NPs for cancer therapy. Cancer remains the second leading cause of death worldwide. Cancer is heterogeneous, and the development of effective cancer therapies is very challenging, partially because of this complexity. Nanoparticles present a degree of promise. Um, Adapting to the tumor microenvironment, the tumor microenvironment, recording from the paper, heavily influences patient prognosis as it affects chemotherapeutic efficacy. Big idea. Although the EPR effect and FDA approval of early NP systems has given hope for NP-based delivery, these early systems do not improve overall patient survival. There is still significant work to be done using smart nanoparticle designs to improve cargo deliveries.
as we were saying, uh, so EPR, enhanced permeation and retention. Um, so adapting to the tumor microenvironment. The tumor microenvironment heavily influences patient prognosis as it affects chemotherapeutic efficacy. Although the enhanced permeation and retention effect and FDA approval of early nanoparticle systems has given hope for NP-based delivery, these early systems do not improve overall patient survival and there is still significant work to be done using smart nanoparticle designs to improve cargo delivery or remodel microenvironment and thus increase the efficacy of existing therapies. Just looking at key points in this article. So conclusion. Um the, the review that I'm referencing discussed numerous nanoparticle designs optimized for therapeutic delivery and engineered to overcome the heterogeneous biological barriers found across patient populations and diseases. These barriers to delivery are complicated by patient comorbidities, varying stages of disease progression, and unique physiologies. This diverse array of needs can be met using nanoparticle designs for different patient populations or pathologies or intersections of the two. Nanoparticle platforms offer an assortment of modifiable features such as size, shape, charge, surface properties, and responsiveness that can be selected to optimize delivery for specific application therapeutic and patient population. It really allows you to fine tune and uh, specify your ther- therapy that you're trying to create or design. So, current clinical successes with nanoparticles in precision medicine have been largely diagnostic, such as the ability to recognize early stages of a disease by specific ligand receptor interactions, or the use of biomarkers to identify which therapeutics might be best for a particular patient. course, moving to screen our particles through precision lens, thus limiting the number of patients that are eligible to receive a medication will reduce the potential market size of each nonparticle based therapeutic. In precision medicine relevant applications, the usage of nonparticles allows for improved cellular targeting, fewer off-target effects, and more tailored therapies such as multi-drug treatment. All of this can be achieved by engineering nanoparticles for the application at hand, improving accumulation of the side of interest, and introducing responsivity for on-demand drug release to minimize unwanted toxicities and enable a new range of dosages or combinatorial treatments. As the work described in this review shows, intelligent nanoparticle design can be can improve precision medicine as a whole. And the insight, the big ideas, those are some big thoughts, big findings, big evidence-based uh, suggestions that uh, these leaders in the field, like Dr. Pepper, that they designed, and Molecule, rather, that they designed, and there was something that they developed. There's a lot of potential in this. Of the rapid application under low intensity of light, and they anticipate that this non antibiotic autocatalytic amplification reaction is especially useful in developing rapid and highly sensitive point of KSA. So, we're talking about diagnostics now. Moving right along, what I want to talk about as well 
is this idea of autocatalysis. So autocatalysis has been extensively studied because it is central to the propagation of living systems. So we're referencing another paper by Dr. Bessette, Dr. Odell, and Dr. Fletcher. The previous paper was written by doctors, Dr. Singh Yon and that was, yeah, it was, yes, Dr. Singh Yon and others. Singh Yon, Docs, Soto, and Sykes, Doctors. Kim, Doctors Debil Docs, Doctors Aguirre Soto, and Dr. Syke. That's the person who wrote the previous paper. Now, the final paper that we're going to mention is entitled Physical Autocatalysis Driven by Bond Forming Thiolene Reaction. So, autocatalysis has been extensively studied because it is central to the propagation of living systems. Chemical systems which self-reproduce like living cells would offer insight into principles underlying biology and its emergence from inanimate matter. So that's a school of thought with protocells or protobionts. Reaction products aggregate into micelles that catalyze molecular cell reproduction. Study of the reaction kinetics and aggregation behavior suggests a mechanism involving micelle-mediated physical autocatalysis and led to the rational design of a second-generation system. These reactions are driven by irreversible bond formation and provide a working model for autocatalytic formation of procells from the coupling of two simple molecular components. So, just to give you a backdrop, in the process of me looking for this paper, I'm understanding that there are things such as catenanes and um, scaffolds that have a degree of utility, I wanted to look and find, is it possible to, for reaction to propagate itself or for it to continue and can that propagation potential be utilized in a medicinal context? So can you find to the point where drug delivery or drug therapy becomes based off of an autocatalytic process? So that was my rationale for looking for this paper. So let's continue to read. Quoting from the article, the development of chemical models of living cells is a major contemporary challenge that would find application in the field of synthetic biology and bear on questions about uh, or present or about the origins and the very definition of life. So simple chemical models of both self-replicating genetic molecules and self-reproducing membranes have been developed. So moving right along, several systems Several systems are known in which surfactant aggregates catalyze chemical reactions that yield fresh surfactant molecules and thereby drive their own reproduction. These reactions are autocatalytic with respect to the micelle or vesicle, a process that has been referred to as physical catalysis. But the term catalysis is used in a broad sense to refer to product induced increase in reaction rate. Some more ideas to talk about. Bond-forming alkalic systems will provide a model for the transition of simple molecules to more complex matter capable of catalytic function, as well as expand the toolkit available to pro-cell researchers. Uh, synthetic reactions were relatively simple, according from the paper, components are brought together to make a more complex product are arguably much more relevant to prebiotic synthesis than bond cleaving or oxidation reactions and would allow 
development of experimental tests of key claims of lipid world scenarios. So that's um, trying to support or aiming to support a school of thought. So you have different types of oil catalysis. The one being discussed in this paper is physical oil catalysis driven by thiolene chemistry. These are the first examples of physical oil catalysis driven by irreversible bond formation and as such represent a novel technology for the study of model protocells and a model for the oil catalytic generation of functional complex molecules under prebiotic conditions. We anticipate other catalytic coupling reactions will aid new experimental models of prebiotic chemistry and in the development of model protocells. So, concluding questions. What if we could tailor the medical applications of lipid nanoparticles to facilitate autocatalysis? Can medically significant autocatalysis be efficient in confined lipid constructs? With the understanding that endocytosis is favored when parts of cell membranes or components of cell membranes are used, could specific phospholipids be used to tailor the specificity of the desired drug target in the lipid nanoparticle? And synthetic protocells and their potential applications medically? What? are they and can we fine-tune those this is the end of this episode you are very important especially to us here at the New Chemist Podcasting Group. You listening in is significant. Vous êtes très important, surtout pour nous ici au New Chemist Podcasting Group. Votre écoute est significative. Usted es muy importante, especialmente para nosotros aquí en The Nuche Mist Podcasting Group. Usted escuchando, es significativo. Você é muito importante, especialmente para nós do The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Você ouvindo, é significativo. Είστε πολύ σημαντικοί, ειδικά για εμάς εδώ στο The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Το να ακούς είναι σημαντικό.
Sie sind sehr wichtig, besonders für uns hier bei The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Es ist wichtig, dass du zuhörst. Je bent erg belangrijk, vooral voor ons hier bij The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Dat je meeluistert, is veel betekenend. You are very important. Especially to us here at the New Chemist Podcasting Group. You listening in is significant. Welcome to the New Chemist Podcast. Bienvenidos al podcast del nuevo químico. Carlos Irza, esto podcast to New Chemist. Welcome by the podcast van the New Chemist. Bienvenue sur le podcast du Nouveau Chimiste. Bem-vindo ao podcast do Novo Químico. Welcome to the New Chemist Podcast. Work hard. Be value-driven. You can do it. You can grow and learn it. You can be the difference you and your community needs. Don't give up. We are here, rooting and cheering for you. Don't give up. Travaillez dur. Soyez axé sur la valeur. Tu peux le faire. Vous pouvez grandir et l'apprendre. Vous pouvez être la différence dont vous et votre communauté avez besoin. N'abandonnez pas. Nous sommes ici pour vous encourager et vous encourager. N'abandonnez pas. Trabalhar duro. Seja orientado por valores. Você consegue. Você pode crescer e aprender. Você pode ser a diferença que você e sua comunidade precisam. Não desista. Estamos aqui torcendo e torcendo por você. Não desista. Duepses clirá. Na odigites tin axia. Boris na tocanis. Μπορείτε να μεγαλώσετε και να το μάθετε. Μπορείτε να είστε η διαφορά που χρειάζεστε εσείς και η κοινότητά σας. Μην τα παρατάς. Είμαστε εδώ για να σας ζητοκραυγάσουμε. Μην τα παρατάς.
Trabaja duro. Sea impulsado por el valor. Puedes hacerlo. Puedes crecer y aprenderlo. Usted puede ser la diferencia que usted y su comunidad necesitan. No te rindas estamos aquí animándote y animándote. No te rindas. Werk hard. Wees waardegedreven. Je kunt het. Je kunt groeien en leren. U kunt het verschil zijn dat u en uw gemeenschap nodig hebben. Geef niet op. We zijn hier om voor je te roten en te juichen. Geef niet op. Work hard. Be value driven. You can do it. You can grow and learn it. You can be the difference you and your community needs. Don't give up. We are here rooting and cheering for you. Don't give up. Thanks for listening. We're glad you were able to tune into this podcast. Once again, this is the new chemist where we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as the other sciences, careers, community, research, and COVID-19. Thanks again for listening. Note, the views on this podcast represent those of my guests and I.